this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Black Torch, and we're joined by our guest today, Rob. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, glad to be here. Rob, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. My name is Rob, and I am the host of Dad Needs to Talk Podcast, where I talk <laughs> about, yeah, as the name suggests, I am, a, I am a dad, a father of five. Holy crap. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that's one for every volume of this manga. Yeah. Just imagine, like, that's such a good transition. I just stop, Rob. Like, I'm, I'm verbally <laughs> shoving Rob out of the way to no. just get to the manga detail. <laughs> no, Rob, please keep going. Yeah, father of five, youngest son is named Vash. In some places of the internet, I'm also known as father of Vash, because that is very literal. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and yeah, so I talk about my adventures in fatherhood, manga, anime, and video games. Heck yeah. I love it. So do your other kids also, so do you have like like a little Naruto and like a Goku running around, or is Vash <laughs> like the only anime reference, or was it like one that your wife like didn't realize until she looked it up? There was a pro Magic the Gathering player, and his wife was like, our kid cannot be a magic reference, and he slipped it under, and he named his kid Naya, which is like a nickname of like a three-color magic combination, and yeah. then he got divorced like three years later, so I guess- Oh, no. I don't want to say that's why that got divorced, <laughs> but I would not have been surprised if that came up in the divorce hearings. I think that that is a sign of other things that could yeah. lead to a divorce. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have uh, didn't have that issue when it, when it came to naming him. And unfortunately, I, I didn't have the option with the old because so Vash is the youngest of the five because mm-hmm. my wife already had the older four when I met her years ago. Mm. But hey, if history could have turned out differently, I definitely would have tried to work in some nerdy names somewhere here and there with them. But but mm-hmm. luckily, my wife is also a big nerd. And when I was like, hey, if we have a son, I want to name him Vash. <laughs> luckily, she had no problem with it because I was like, hey. Just give me the first name. You can have the middle name. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Just give me this. That's the important one. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That is pretty great. (laughs) It helps that Vash is a cool name that doesn't immediately make you think, oh, is that a weird anime name? Exactly. (laughs) That is the awesome part about it is because when I'm somewhere or wherever and I mention that I have a kid named that, it's either a if you know, you know, or it's, oh, that's a unique name. Yeah. It's really a litmus test to see, you know, if you were an anime watching piece of shit in the late 90s or not. Yes, because I love it. Anytime I have him with me, like if I'm uh, in a comic book store or just like Barnes and Noble, somewhere where I'm buying manga and he's doing doing what Vash does, running around. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Vash, come here. And I can't lie. It brings me joy every time I hear somebody like their ears perk up and like, wait, sorry to bother you. Did you just say, did you just say Vash? Vash the Stampede is in here? He's got an immense bounty on him. That's like 60 billion <laughs> double dollars. Everybody quit. Vash the Stampede? I'm like, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Just make sure he keeps both of his arms, is all I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> I am all about it. But you know what else I'm all about? Black Torch? Getting into the manga details. Yeah! Let's do it, guys. <laughs> So, this series was created by Tasuyoshi Takaki, who was known for other works, including Heart Gear, which is ongoing, but is on hiatus, so very uh, Hunter Hunter inspired. And then he also created the one-shot Freaks and Unreal. Wait, Unreal? Like the the video game? 
This is actually Cliff Blazinski's <laughs> Japanese name. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker's gonna do a Tucker report. It's like, actually, if you rearrange the katakana, you do get guy huge. <laughs> but his series ran from December 31st, 2016 to July 11th, 2018. So it actually started on my birthday. Oh, yeah. Nice. I brought that up in the chibi, David. Way to steal my dumb joke. <laughs> I'm still so hurt. I flew to Italy for my birthday and Border Patrol looked at my passport and they didn't wish me a happy birthday. And I was so <laughs> fucking disappointed. God damn right? It. I was like, are you kidding me? Just because it's 4 a.m. in the morning, you can't wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> I feel you. That is something that would upset you a lot. Rachel was like, he didn't wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> she knew. She knew. But as we talked about, this series, the author was actually inspired by the number of kids Rob has by being five <laughs> volumes <laughs> and 19 chapters, much like the number of children I have. 19 kids. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, everybody, introduce yourselves. David has 19 kids and counting. <laughs> <laughs> that cover art would have made no sense. <laughs> No. <laughs> totally fine we did the wild thornberries because it actually lined up very well that there are six wild thornberry characters and there are six members of the org. But what? what's this org I'm talking about? I don't know. Why don't we get into the plot description that I actually wrote? This is a David joint this time. So Jordan, why don't you take it away? All right. Jiro Azuma is just your regular high schooler, gets into fights, has no parents, and of course can talk to animals. Everything's going fine until he runs into Rago, the Black Star of Doom, a type of demon known as a Mononoke that also happens to look like a cat. Rago is an extremely powerful Mononoke that a bunch of different factions are looking for. Jiro tries to protect Rago from a particularly strong Mononoke, but gets impaled because his gimmick of trying to make people attack his coat doesn't work on actually skilled opponents with like powers and stuff like that. I would just like to say, by the way, every single time that Mononoke is written here, it was misspelled. I just want to throw that out so that people are aware of this. <laughs> I also want to throw out that Jordan didn't write the plot summary. And so I had to do it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> And thank you so much, David. I really do appreciate it. And for the record, I spelled it wrong every time on purpose because Jordan was going to do a cleanup pass on it. And I wanted to make sure he actually did. It's like how rock and roll musicians had that like no brown M&M thing. That is specifically Van Halen. <laughs> but yes, yes. Vash Halen. Oh, I like it. But anyway, Rago fuses with Jiro, becoming his heart, which is weird because this came out years before Chainsaw Man, so I guess this is just a Parasite <laughs> ripoff. However, Rago can still appear outside of Jiro, so them fusing was kind of pointless, narratively speaking, when you think about it. Jiro wakes up in a hospital under the custody of the Bureau of Espionage, a top-secret spy association that deals with fighting Mononoke, and everyone in it is pretty much the heir of a spy clan. On that note, we find that Jiro's grandpa is also also a badass motherfucker, Mononoke spy hunting guy, but that doesn't matter for like 14 chapters, so you know, don't worry about it too much. Popcorn David. Jiro goes on several adventures with the Bureau of Espionage, doing a bunch of random missions that don't really advance the plot for it, as there's no end goal for the series. <laughs> On the way, he makes new allies. You're so brutal in this one. <laughs> I know. And I like this series, but I was like, wow, did I like this series when I was writing it? On the way, 
no. He makes new allies through the Bureau and further grows his powers as someone fused with the Black Star of Doom. Rago eventually get. I keep wanting to call him Ragu. I do too, yeah. <laughs> Ragu eventually gets separated by Jirokinda as he can still use his powers. And again, it's weird they're fused because Ragu can literally fuck off and it doesn't cause any issues. Jiru goes into the woods where Monoke lived to become more powerful or something and meets a giant titty <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah he does yeah he does <laughs> which is actually i think the only female character in the series that had giant boobs because the author just straight up said i'm an yeah. ass man so god bless you i would say more a leg man oh yeah that's true <laughs> but, you know that goes with asses there's also Omaki, who is a very evil Mononoke, who has evil plans to do something evil. He eats other Mononoke to gain power, so he's super duper evil. He apparently used to be a village guardian, but became a utilitarian, obsessed with making sacrifices to save many and probably invest in NFTs. <laughs> As such, he wants everyone to give him power so he can become a god and protect everyone or something. And then he can use that power to gain ownership of a URL. Yes, that have monkeys that all look slightly different. <laughs> other mononokes but yeah yes slightly different mononokes <laughs> popcorn rob so jiro eventually comes back out of the woods and now can use his full powers for 15 minutes as it's legally required in shonen that super forms have a time limit the entire squad gets together and they decide they're going to attack amagi's hq so they can save rago jiro and amagi have a fight in some mononoke place thing <laughs> while giving very cheesy dialogue which somehow works because in my canon this is set in the lethal weapon universe <laughs> very true jiro manages to defeat amagi with a really badass punch and after almost dying in a metroid style escape from a crumbling fortress is rescued by his squad it jumps to two days later and we have a ton of fun character interactions while they may have defeated the bad guy the adventure continues yes it ends like that kind of flop yeah <laughs> I knew you were going to think that punch was badass, David, because it, I saw that and I was like, oh my god, this is like, this reminds me of the Gurren Lagann ending, holy Which shit. Which is a very good <laughs> anime and everyone in the Discord agrees with me, right, Jordan? I mean, the people who aren't going to be banned soon uh, definitely all agree with you, I would say. You're, you're right. I'm going to ban everyone on the Discord that's not a patron, wink, who doesn't like Gurren Lagann. I support that. It's a good-ass series. It's David's favorite series. And I'll go into the lethal weapon thing in miscellaneous thoughts. You can also tell, by the way, I wrote this because Jordan doesn't put a ton of like pop culture references in the description. Yeah. Which character in this is anti-Semitic, though? I think you know. There's a lot of yeah, yeah. evil people with horns. One of the characters just says banks are controlled by the Mononoke, and he does it Mononoke in finger quotes. <laughs> Well, there were echoes. There were like parentheses around the word Mononoke when he said it. It was very strange. Parathenticals, actually, yes. is the word to mean described <laughs> with multiple parentheses. Oh, thank you. I see. Yes. I see. How do you spell Mononoke again? Uh, mana. The Jews control Israel. Anyway, let's go to characters. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's not controversial. That's just a fact. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, there was that article that said, do Jews control Israel? <laughs> that's my favorite conspiracy theory parody article. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's an Onion article. Yeah, it is. It's, it's great. really good. It's really good. Anyway, yeah. Let's get into talking about the characters. Rob, why don't you lead the charge and talk about the main character himself? 
Jiro Azuma, who can talk to animals. So Jiro, I liked him. I did too. Yeah. I feel like just, just like his overall vibe, can talk to animals. Hey, I can dig. I, I like yeah. animals. To just his determination to just wanting to keep on pushing forward to, you know, help out whoever he can. And I just like him just overall. Yeah. Nothing super spectacular and like super unique about him. But as far as like, just like the pantheon of MCs or whatever, I've probably, I've definitely Definitely seen worse. <laughs> oh yeah, I think a common refrain we're gonna have in this episode is that like, um, yeah, we've seen all this before, but it still does it well. Yeah, like David noted here that he uh, reminds him of, of uh, Ichigo from Bleach. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a lot of overlap there, just his general vibe, mm-hmm. where it's like um, he's strong and like lackadaisical and kind of, but uh, or, or and kind of like calm and lazy, yeah. sort of, but like at the same time yo man he cares yeah don't fuck with his friends dude they also never explain that he can talk to him (laughs) that is definitely something that the author was going to explain in volume 10 yeah i assume he probably had like mononoke lineage or something yeah there was a weird thing where it's like yeah my grandma is a dog <laughs> Which I loved, but it was like, wait, what's going on? Oh, uh, yeah, but there's a lot of characters, so let's try and go down the list and then we'll really get into it. So, the next character is Ryosuke Shiba. He is the chief of the Bureau of Espionage. He's kind of like the dad. Literally, we drew him as a dad on the cover. He smokes. He doesn't do a lot, he just manages people, which I guess is good. He's the Kakashi slash Goto of this group, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He kind of just, uh, Vibes. Yeah, he just kind of vibes, but he's also very clearly actually in control, even though he seems like he doesn't give a shit. Can I also say, I'm really impressed he doesn't sexually assault his secretary, because that is like a shonen trope. I'm very glad that didn't happen. You know, besides (laughs) the really upfront sexualization of the female characters, the series is not actually that sexist. Yeah. He doesn't hate women, he just leers at them a little, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then speaking of, why don't we get into the first female main character? So Jordan well, tells we didn't, we, David, you're, you're forgetting a character. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Why don't we get into Mr. Catman Jones, Mr. Not Pasta Man, Ragu. <laughs> <laughs> Ragu. I love Ragu. He's like a big, powerful demon, but he's in the form of a cute little black cat. Mm-hmm. It's great. He's kind of a dick who just likes to be left alone. He's like, a cat. Yeah. No, that's it. He's a cat. <laughs> I even love how um, when he had his village, he was protecting the way that he protected them was to just be lazy and hang out and wait for the humans to give them food. And then just by being there, he scared everyone away. Like, it's literally what a cat does. Mm -hmm. It's a very accurate portrayal of a cat. Yeah, the author clearly has a cat. The author clearly loves cats. And man, I feel like he just fucking knocked it out of the park with this depiction of a cat is what I'm saying. (laughs) Exactly. I definitely agree. And I also just love the little touch where a lot of times when he kind of spawned in, he would like be sitting on top of his head, on on top of Jiro's head and stuff. So yeah, definitely very much fits the mold and full vibe. (laughs) Oh, yes. When you're just kind of like, you're just hanging out and you look over and you're like, oh, I didn't realize the cat was in this room. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just don't understand the point of cats, like people having pet cats. Because everyone is like, oh, they're just like a dog. And I'm like, oh, then why didn't you just get a dog? (laughs) You know what, David, to quote Audrey, previous guest on the show, you just own a cat so you can have a weird, funny little guy in your house that you can look at sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to get a dog. 
Oh, I know. David David is a, definitely a dog guy, even though he loves Gomez. I do. Hmm. How strange. I wonder what Gomez would say if he heard you talking about this right now. I don't know. Probably nothing, because <laughs> he's a cat. And Gomez, despite <laughs> experiencing, actually is a normal cat, and he's incapable of talking. He would make a sad face. He would. It's okay. You would feel bad. You would feel devastated. Yeah, but Rob, do you feel devastated talking about the first main female character, Ichika? No. Overall, in general, I enjoyed her. Yeah. You know, like like, like we kind of hinted at earlier, you know, definitely lots of, uh, lots of leg, butt shots. A lot of cheesecake, <laughs> yeah. Kind of uh, set the tone for, well, for sure with her, it was a lot <laughs> throughout the series yeah. versus like like some of the other female characters, but <laughs> but aside. Hey! Oh, oh, oh! As I was saying, you know, I kind of liked how she pretty much didn't take any shit from when we first got introduced to her to her just being like, hey, no, hey, don't look down on me or don't think I'm weak or whatever just because I'm a girl. And so that's this is something that I liked about her is that she wasn't like some, you know, damsel in distress on the team type of person. So she was out there kind of doing her own thing, fight her own fights and stuff. So from that point of view, you know, solid female character. Not the best, but solid. I can respect that. In the pantheon of um, female characters in shonen manga, there is an extremely low bar. Yes. <laughs> and she absolutely clears it. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say, oh, she's the best ever. She's my favorite. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. That goes to power and the girl from J- Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are strong female characters that are not sexualized. Mm-hmm. Also, just I like their characters a lot is what I'm saying. Well, that's because power is the president, the first president. Well, yeah, and we have to respect the first president. Yes. But also, um, I did like the moment where Ichika and, you know, the, the boss's secretary, I don't remember her name, mm-hmm. but we mentioned her. I like how they just have a brief conversation to talk about stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, thanks to this one conversation, this series passes the Bechdel test. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I do feel like the story kind of runs out of things for her to do. Mm-hmm. He literally is like, you stay here. We're all going to go on a mission. And she's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I think we're starting to get into like issues territory. So why don't let's just try and go through the rest. So the next character, though, is the grandpa. Not much to say. He's just a badass. Glad he came back. He knows mine. Okay, clearly he would have done a lot more if the series hadn't met a premature end. But, you know, it's always cool to see the super awesome grandpa trope. I liked his interactions with Jiro. It was very interesting to see. He has to walk this fine line where he understands the danger that Jiro and that Mononoke represent, but also Jiro is his grandson. Yeah. (laughs) You can see that there's like a conflict there. Like there's one moment where it kind of zooms in on his face. You can kind of see that he's tearing up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's definitely friends with the grandpa from uh, Nehru. (laughs) Friends, but he thinks it's kind of weird. Yeah, you know? did you notice Nehru has a piece of like the cover, the third volume art, and it has like a lot of feet shots in it? I did not, but I'm not at all shocked to hear that. Like, not in the slightest. Jordan's like, I'm going to go look at that after this. Bookmark saying. You know me. All right, let's keep going. Jordan, you're next in line, right? Can you tell us about the other male main character? Yeah, so 
Reiji Kirahara. Reiji against the machine. <laughs> you read my mind, David. <laughs> but no, I mean, look, we got in Jiro, we got the Naruto. And in Ichika, we got the Sakura. And now with Reiji, we have the Sasuke. He's kind of the stoic guy who he's like, he, I mean, he's closer to that Quincy dude from Bleach whose name I'm totally blanking. Uryu. Uryu? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. him. Where it's like, he's this very like uh, quiet guy. And you can tell he's very traditional. He comes from a well-respected family like Sasuke, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like Sasuke, his brother killed his entire family and now he has to go kill his brother, but he doesn't do it because the series ends. Whoopsie doodles. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, he should have started that a little earlier. Yeah, it happens to the best of us, Jordan, you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, he uh, he flirts with all the women. And he calls them all cute. Oh, yeah. What an absolute player. Total player. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, why don't we get into Koga? Yeah. He is very generic bad guy, wants to be the strongest one. Okay. He joins the squad, though, because he's like, man, Amagi, even by my standards, is real fucked up. <laughs> what I liked about him is that, like, they mentioned that Mononoke are, like, centuries old. And then Amagi just turns to him and he's like, you're just barely two decades old. So it's like, oh, so he's <laughs> actually, like, the age that he looks, unlike every other yeah. Mononoke. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also like he's supposed to be like a foil to Jiro. Like yeah. they're supposed to be very similar in this in a similar way to Bleach and uh, Grimjaw, I think. Ichigo and Renji is what I think they're actually going for, kind of, where it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we can relate because we're both dumb guys who get really angry about stuff and, and fight. But like we hate each other. But do we really hate each other? Yes. The answer is yes. I don't know. I think there's something there, David. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> but yeah, he wants to also take Rago and make him fuse with himself. But he, he ends up saving Rago go from getting killed because he's like that's just a little kitty let's not kill him <laughs> everybody kind of wanted to fuck rago <laughs> a cat is fine too jordan okay <laughs> you know what david you can say that okay. on the podcast I can you that. can say that <laughs> i can say that you know what else i can say is rob why don't you actually talk about mr big bad though I guess I can always uh, appreciate like the kind of looming threat of a, I don't necessarily want to say like well done villain, <laughs> especially with, with the kind of, you know, with the series kind of being cut short, but yeah, I just appreciate just kind of like focal point for all the characters to kind of go towards because cause like y'all said, like Koga, you know, he's not that bad, especially once, you know, Amagi gets brought into the picture, but I don't know. I, I just like that when a series is kind of like, hey, you thought this was the bad, the main bad guy, but no, this is the bad guy that unites all the different size oh, together. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, okay, you know what? That's the guy that's really messed up right there. <laughs> In the words of Zangief, uh, just because you are a bad guy does not mean you are a bad guy. <laughs> and that's that's kind of how Koga is. Yeah. Amagi is a bad guy. He He's a cannibal. Yes. That's, that's what they bring up all the time. He's a fucking cannibal. Yeah. Yes. Koga doesn't like him because... <laughs> He views him as uh, going against uh, his race, basically. And then there's Fuyu, who is a childlike Mononoke, who actually abides by the, oh, I might look 14, but I'm actually a thousand years old bullshit. Has flower power. Yeah. <laughs> I like her because she represents that Mononoke are not blanket evil. So it was nice that they established here is it and it is possible to have positive relationships, which actually takes us to the other, I would say, protagonistic Mononoke. Oh, yeah. So Jordan, oh, why don't you finish yeah. up this section and tell us about her? Ogre Lord Ibuki. So, like, there's this forest, and you can't go in the forest, or else Ibuki will kill you. But of course, Jiro goes in the forest due to plot reasons. He fights against uh, who he thinks is uh, Ibuki, but it turns out that was her husband. And what? Ibuki's a hot girl with big boobs? <laughs> oh my god! 
can you even imagine? Whoa! But yeah, she's just kind of um, a hot forest god. Mm-hmm. Her husband is a human who fell in love with her and she turned him into a Mononoke. They sent Jiro there so that Jiro could meet a fellow Mononoke human hybrid to see, oh, okay, it's not so bad. I could always wind up with a hot girl, with a hot wife with huge boobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. And you know what? I agree. Good for you, Jiro. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. So, uh, why it failed. All right, let's go to that section. Jordan. <laughs> The big issue with this is just that, like, it's extremely tropey. It does things well, but it does things in a way that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say, like, it seems like things kind of move too fast at the beginning. You know, like, um, yeah, I feel like the status quo kind of changes too much. Like, we didn't even get used to um, Jiro and Ragu before Ragu was just, like, kind of ripped away. Yeah, it, it happens very quickly. I'm kind of surprised that the series was canceled because when and that like that stuff happens so fast that it it almost seems like end game stuff. I feel like the series had some very serious pacing issues in that it was monthly and I don't think this mangaka was very good at writing a monthly series because he had about a week's worth of ideas like if each chapter was 20 pages I think he would have literally been in the same spot plot wise. <laughs> That might be the case. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another issue with it is, I mean, there there is over-sexualization of the yeah. characters. Like, you can't really dance around that. Like, uh, we mentioned Fuyu, uh, a demon who looks like a young girl. I was a little weirded out by how he was drawing her legs. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I've seen way, way worse, but it's still there. So. Yeah. What do you think, Rob? Is there anything that really stood out to you as a negative? Um. Rob's like, this series was flawless. <laughs> I'm going to go tuck my kids in and tell me when it's the positive yeah. section. Definitely not. I definitely agree that, yeah, stuff was kind of just like zipping around to where it, it definitely was kind of like this chapter. We're going to kind of cover this plot point that seems kind of interesting. And then, all right, next chapter. All right, we've moved on to the to something else that's going on. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily want to say like slow down, maybe like expand upon some of the stuff that's going on. You know, some of some of the you know yeah. characters that, that y'all are running into or just different ideas, because it's like y'all both said, it's like there is some solid nuggets sprinkled throughout this thing. But it's just like every time it was like, oh, OK, OK, look, something interesting to maybe grasp on to it's like ripped away or maybe like uh, let's not talk about that anymore it's like i was kind of interested in maybe finding out more about that thing but all right i guess we're Mm -hmm. you know going over here to fight this other thing or whatever so yeah wait i want to see koga talking to the weird sleepy witch you know i want to i want to understand their relationship more Mm -hmm. or even just the fact where it's like one chapter previously we had a moment where characters kind of go into their memories which uh was kind of a transparent way to just build up uh their backstory and stuff yeah that was just very convenient writing very transparent and uh reiji has this dream or, or his his battle is with his uh brother who killed his family and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then like the next chapter he's already fighting his brother in real life (laughs) that was quick at least it wasn't an exam arc (laughs) i will say i actually wound up appreciating it because they expanded on it and we got shinji his brother's uh perspective Mm 
because mm-hmm. he was forced to get into the robot. <laughs> I thought it was actually pretty well done, but at first, but for a little while, I was like, okay, that's very fast. You can't think of anything else for him to do. Oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest issue I have with the series, as I talked about in the character session, there is actually no overarching plot. None of these events really matter because they're not building to anything. Yeah. Yeah. What was the offer intending to happen if this series ran for another 50 chapters? Yeah. I sort of disagree. There wasn't like a main overarching building thing, but there were a lot of threads that were laid out that mm-hmm. could have circled back if you had more time. Like, I mean, we mentioned here about things that just don't get resolved. I mean, Reiji's brother. <laughs> I guess Reiji's brother's just somewhere still. And then Amagi is like, before he dies, he's like, oh, you know, there's way stronger dudes out there that you're going to have to fight, I guess. <laughs> like, I know he has to do that for the Shonen thing, but it is kind of like, is there a dude stronger than you? Yeah. Because you kind of thought you were going to take over the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you think there were like way tougher dudes out there that you had to beat down? I don't know. That would have been kind of cool. Somebody to conquer the universe. Yeah. <laughs> it could have gone Fulger and Lagan at the end. That's true. It's just, he just keeps piloting larger and larger cats. Yeah. <laughs> he works his way up to like a fucking tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I also want to point out that sometimes the art, he actually kind of didn't finish the art. It's not terrible, but he. Really stopped at the late stage drawing, and he didn't actually ink some of the art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just thought that got really apparent in the last like two or three chapters, where I guess he just didn't care. I don't know if uh, doesn't care is necessarily like the right kind of thing. I mean, he was probably like rushing a lot because yeah. you know mm-hmm. he knew he was he knew it was coming to an end. And you know, I mean, those end chapters—they're a little bit sketchy, but they do look incredible in a lot of places. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, the art is always good. It was just he didn't finish inking it. Yeah. And then, though, most of these are, for the most part, nitpicks and ultimately yeah. don't track from the fun of it. So why don't we go into what it did well? And Rob, our wonderful guest, can tell us really why he didn't have much to say about the negative side. <laughs> this is just like, like one of the first things that kind of jumped out to me that the series as well. The female character designs, you know, even though, you know, we talked about like, like the problems, you know, with the, you know, over sexualization of some characters, but their designs in general, every time a new female character came up, I was like, oh, okay. Either she looks pretty or just like her design, you know, just looks cool. Yeah. Especially in Shonen Jump to where it's like, okay, sometimes we, you know, getting female characters in general is sometimes, you know, reaching for the stars. Oh, yeah. But I feel like this series had a good handful i would say of female characters where i was like i was like you know what i'm interested to find out more about her what her design is Mm -hmm. because one of them that kind of stuck out to me or one that i just constantly think about is the uh first division later that cool scar of her yeah yeah Yeah. also david you're wrong there are two characters with huge boobs i was just looking at her scar the whole time (laughs) yeah 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 exactly hey my scar is up here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That's some uh, implications. <laughs> the fights in general, I, I, I feel like, you know, in some ways, it kind of reminded me of how some of the fight scenes look in like Jujutsu Kaisen. This series reminds me so much of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. We do have to point out, as uh, this series predates Jujutsu Kaisen. It predates Chainsaw Man. Predates Chainsaw Man. It predates a lot. So this is like really interesting to see. Yeah. But that same comparison of like, okay, sometimes it's hard to tell what's really going on in some of these fights. Oh, that the finishing blows or the finishing slices with the sword or whatever 
look really cool. Yeah. My thing with this is that, like, um, the art is just, it doesn't just feel, like, good. It feels so professional. Like, it feels, oh, like, yeah. so legitimate. I feel like I'm Gordon Ramsay in that, like, uh, <laughs> that meme going around where it's like, finally, some good fucking manga. Oh, are you saying that <laughs> Philosophy School wasn't great? Uh, that's definitely not what I'm saying. That's an amazing series. But uh, other than that, <laughs> just, like, the, the thought that went into it, into every composition, you know, every placement of character. It was just like, this guy understands how to visually tell a story in manga in a way that you really just don't see in most of the, definitely most of the things we cover on this show, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. This was so easy to read. These chapters are double length. So in some way, this was a situation similar to Biichi, but oh my God, is this easier to read than than Biichi. This is so much more enjoyable. Oh my God. After I read the first chapter, I wasn't even mad that these are double length chapters because yeah, it was a lot of fun to read it. And I also appreciate it wasn't too text heavy. He really knew that the art sold the series and he really let it breathe and he knew people wanted really cool fight scenes and that's what he delivered. Yeah. The way that his fight scenes go, and they're interesting, I don't I don't know if I've seen this in a lot of manga, but it's like, they'll have the characters fight, and it'll be from the same angle from multiple panels, but mm-hmm. the characters will move, so you can get, like, a very good idea about what exactly is happening right now in this fight scene, and I think it goes a long way towards, like, making them feel more cinematic. The series feels, like, cinematic. Like, you could absolutely adapt this into an OVA, like a good OVA, like, no problem. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Just have Guy next. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate, though, that the series actually introduces the characters at somewhat a reasonable pace where you never really meet more than maybe one or two characters in a chapter. Yeah. The good Monoki doesn't show up for a while. The team, the introductions get split. So it's not like you mm-hmm. meet six characters in the second chapter yeah. and stuff like that. So that really helped keep track. While we talked about a lot of characters, he did a good job of making it feel like these characters actually mattered. Yes. I didn't even feel like there were that many characters. Of the way that it's focused, you're never focusing on like all of them at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have like um, periods of time in between them. For all the things that we mentioned about pacing, there are some aspects of pacing that this guy's really good at. Like, I remember in the, the second chapter, I was like, okay, this is a little too much text. Uh, there's a little too much talking. I'm starting to get a little bored. Boom, fight scene. Also, this series is funny. Yes. Mm-hmm. We haven't even mm-hmm. talked about that at all. I legitimately consider the series a comedy. Yeah. He makes a lot of jokes with the humor, I agree. Because also the tone of the series isn't that serious most of the time, so the humor doesn't feel out of place, which is nice. <laughs> it's a lot like uh, what JJK and CSM do, you know? Like, horrible things happen. I mean, you have Mononoke ripping human heads off and leaving piles of uh, decapitated just <laughs> heads, like, around Tokyo to terrify humans. Yeah. But then you have, like, a funny scene where Jiro is really angry at a cat, you know? Yeah. And he's, like, threatening that he's going to eat a snake. It's very much like a comic relief, you know? You, you contrast. You're like, okay, that was kind of heavy. You know, let's take a break here. Let's just hang out and laugh a bit before I, you know, kill a ton more people, you know? <laughs> Though I would say that Chainsaw Man's humor is more in the bewilderment of placement in it. it it's not like he has horror time, comedy time. It's horror time, comedy horror time. Yeah. Like the Kobani burger scene was still completely horrific, but it was just <laughs> funny compared to what had just happened rather than this series just has MCU style jokes in it. There's like a manic energy to Chainsaw Man and Fujimoto in general, which is just very difficult to replicate, you know? Mm-hmm. He uses a decapitated mascot head as the punchline to a joke. Yeah. <laughs> which the series does never, ever gets close to that. <laughs> but anyway, now that we're talking about 
Um, now that we're talking about Chainsaw Man again. <laughs> why don't we get into where it could have gone? Okay. I'll leave this one and say, uh, this is kind of the bread and butter, blah, blah, blah. I really would have liked to have seen a larger world. Clearly, humans and Monoki have a good relationship, which is great. But you don't see a lot of it. And there's really only one Monoki that's clearly working with the humans. And it seems like there would have been a lot more based on this. Yeah. And also, we brought it up earlier, but why can he talk to animals? We got to know this. And this this absolutely would have been uh, expanded upon if the series kept going. You know, like he mentions that uh, his grandpa had a dog and he could since he could talk to animals, he talked to the dog and the dog was like a grandmother to him. I was kind of thinking is like the dog actually his grandmother because they show <laughs> like they show like um, a flashback to his grandpa's time in the service. And he has that dog. His dog is yeah. there and the dog is wearing armor. So who knows? It raises a lot of questions that the series ended before it could answer. Yeah. One thing I want to ask real quick, because I, I just want to make sure in, in my haze of yeah. reading and stuff, whatever. Earlier in the series, there was somebody, or who was it? I can't remember. Basically, when he encountered one of the big bads, there was a mention of, oh, he is so-and-so, or talking about uh, Jiro. Oh, he is, no no wonder he's so strong. He's so-and-so's son. Yeah. Did, did they? No, they never got there. Okay. When I was reading through it or whatever, I was like, okay, that's like stuff I, I like, the kind of tease of maybe his dad was an animal. Or something. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe that would have been our answer to, hey, why can't this kid talk to animals? Because of the dad or something. Both of his parents are dogs, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Yeah. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> You're the dog now, man. Speaking of, this series should have been sponsored by Men's Warehouse. Because <laughs> of all the jackets <laughs> that got destroyed in it. <laughs> Some nice jackets, too. Actually, that would have been great as like a breather moment because the series also didn't do a lot of that. They did it like once where he goes jacket shopping. <laughs> he goes like holes because he has to buy jackets in bulk because he keeps destroying them when he does the cicada move. And then my last idea, by the way, is uh, I think it would have been cool if they played up more of like these are like former gods that lost like their community and like been like kind of like American gods where the gods are like their Mononoke. Or like Shimagami Tensei. Like, I was sort of getting that vibe, too, where it's like, are these all based on, like, real? Like, Mononoke? Like, real uh, forest spirits that people worshipped back then? Like, I don't know if they were. I don't think they were. I mean, it's also possible that there is, like, a lot of uh, Japanese mythological lore that I'm just missing here. Maybe. I honestly have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> and then, do you guys have any other ideas where it should have gone? Or should we just turn this into a men's warehouse and see if they'll sponsor us? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, unfortunately, I think he's dead. Uh, I, I thought he just got fired. George Zimmer? No, he's dead. Oh, rest in peace. R.I.P. But I'm sure he would have had a lot of miscellaneous thoughts. Rob, take us away, though. What is really kind of some thoughts you had that didn't really fit into the rest of the discussion of the episode, but you still want to talk about? Why do Arthurs enjoy puncturing holes through their characters? <laughs> oh, you mean turning them into donuts? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just like Ace. <laughs> Just like every other chapter of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, yes. Because <laughs> when, when we were talking about the Ichigo comparison, I'm like, the moment where he got punched through his chest, hey, just changes her to orange, and there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a few moments in Bleach where that happens, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Specifically with, Ichi with Ichigo, too. I think it's just like a really easy uh, visual signifier that, yo, this guy's fucked up. <laughs> Yes, exactly. He ain't gonna be in Black Torch 2, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> except that it's happened so much in anime that whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, that guy's not dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't work anymore, you know? <laughs> like. Speaking of that, uh, that Jujutsu Kaisen comparison. Oh, yeah. 
I do also gotta say, like, um, the more I think about it, the more it does remind me of Gurren Lagann in weird ways. <laughs> right? Like, first of all, Ichigo looks a lot like Yoko. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, especially with that ending fight, like, they fuse back together again. And then, oh, Rago gets giant. But, oh, man, Amagi gets giant. And then Jiro gets punched into Amagi yep. and punches him in the face. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is how Gurren Lagann ended. <laughs> right? Awesome in Gurren Lagann, and it was awesome here, too. Okay? Mm-hmm. Fuck, let's rewatch Gurren Lagann let's after watch, this. Let's do it! <laughs> Fuck! I've been so pumped up by Gurren Lagann, just thinking Fuck. about it. Fuck! Uh. <laughs> Spiral energy! Yes. Also, though, so I still think the series was set in the Lethal Weapon universe where it's just everything is so like winking at the camera cheesy. <laughs> I just I can't explain it further. It just it it just is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're like when the characters say I'm getting too old for this shit without any sense of irony. I yeah, was like, yeah, that's yeah. the energy Lethal Weapon had that this series also has. Yeah, I, I also feel like um, anime in general tends to be about as cheesy as Lethal Weapon is. I was all right with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all of my miscellaneous thoughts. You guys have anything else? I guess as I'm sitting up here just staring at just the image of uh, of Rago, it made me think of where the series may have been an improvement if more characters had animal companions mm. that they may be like fused with and stuff. It was like, oh, Renji fuses with a duck or Ichika fuses with <laughs> a spider. I don't know. I thought you just called Ragey Randy. Oh, Randy. I really like that a lot. Like, what if all the Mononoke were just, like, mundane animals that you run into? You know? Like, uh... A turtle. Yeah, like, what if one dude's just, like, a little turtle, and then he turns into a big a big turtle, you know? Just a big turt. Big turt, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Should we go to final verdict? Yeah, it sounds like. So let me read off some six word summaries and then Jordan, I know you'll get first dibs on reading off yours and telling us what you thought. So mm-hmm. Frontier Root starring Dr. Denji Doolittle the Ninja. This is similar <laughs> to what mine's going to be. Generic man said women drawn like a different series. Accurate. Mm, yeah. Ozzy Rat, who's listening right now. Hi, Ozzy Rat. Water down chainsaw man with cats. <laughs> Dragon Edie, a void in my void. Gimme. Mm. I think that made more sense in finish. <laughs> T-Wolfwood, <laughs> they say it's good. We'll see. T-Wolfwood, was it good? Thanks, T-Wolfwood. That was a really descriptive three-word, six-word summary. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then Tucker said sketchy art in a good way. <laughs> so, though, how about you, Jordan? What was your six-word? The Kamina to Jujutsu Kaisen Simone. But you, Rob? Sexy ladies, cool clothes, big punch. I like it. Oh, yeah. That is a big punch. I had two where one was very similar to T-Roots where I said, Mission, spy Mononoke chainsaw family with the silent X. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Where's the... Oh, I guess because it's spy family. I was like, where does high school family fit into this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very spy family, yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining chainsaw family now. Ah, that would have been cool. Actually, we could have had Gomez and Puchita hanging out with the cat <laughs> yeah. as cover art. It's all right. We still did the wild form berries was good, too. Yeah. And then my actual one, just because I thought that was a little too similar to what T-Root wrote. Mine was, what if Bokusan was actually good? It is so difficult for me to imagine Bokusan being good that I don't know if I agree with that. That's like You don't have to, because that's what this series is. That was about a cat yokai as well, possessing a person. If you ask me what Bokusan was about, I have to spend like, 20 minutes just digging through that mess it was a civil war allegory remember and had eugenics and <laughs> eugenics is a large plot element for some reason you know what don't read bokasan 
Listener, don't read that. It's bad. And the guy makes porn now. Yeah, the guy makes porn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, though, Jordan, uh, was this a flop or not? I think we're all in agreement this was not, but just in case. Not a flop. No. This is one of those series. It doesn't happen a lot, but I'm genuinely shocked it got canceled. Mm -hmm. I agree. Rob, how about you? I agree. I also didn't think it was a flop. This is definitely one to where when I started reading it, it got my attention pretty much with that first chapter. And it's definitely one that I wish could have gotten to go a full length, however long that might have been. Yeah. As we talked about, there's so many ideas and stuff sprinkled throughout to it. It's like, man, if only it would have gotten maybe more time, more organization, whatever, that this might have been a potentially really great series. Yeah. This author, you know, a lot of the times we're like, uh, next time he'll just knock it out of the park. No, this guy's here. Mm -hmm. He is at that high level of manga production. This is the level of quality that you would see in like high tier Shonen Jump. It's just a good series. I guess that brings up the question, Jordan. Is this better than Chainsaw Man? It's not better than Chainsaw Man, no. So, Jordan, though, I guess then we have a contender for best series we've ever read. So I'm still with Time Paradox, but I think you've actually changed your opinion. I think I'm still with Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin. I think that that still edges this out. But this is this is close. Yeah, this is just a good series. Yeah, it's just a very well done series. Like, uh, again, I'm really surprised this got canceled. I'm not sure why. Like, you know, we brought up some pacing issues. But there's so much manga out there that's popular with pacing issues. Dragon Ball mm-hmm. Z's pacing issues are so much goddamn worse than this. And what this gets right is what so many other things just can't do. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think if this was a weekly series, it would still be running. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It was running in Shonen Jump Square. So it was monthly. And yeah, maybe it has to do with like the additional length. Maybe people just like the 20 chapter a week kind of model and throwing it 40 chapters monthly kind of screwed that up. I don't know. I don't know, but it's just how it is. You guys ready, though, to go to shoutouts? On that somber note, yeah. Mm-hmm. Props to Jordan for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. You're welcome. Props to Murr Lyle for awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Murr and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. We have a new person to thank this episode, don't we, Jordan? Yes, we do. Through the combined power of our patrons, we were able to hire some additional editing help. So a big thanks to Dylan from Anime Out of Context for joining us on our podcasting journey you can find his podcast at animeoutofcontext.com welcome to the flop team dylan i also want to give thanks to luke for being our community producer and thank you to t root ozzy rett and t wolfwood t wolfwood who is listening right now for being our awesome transcription volunteers we're still working hard on the new site but aiden the transcripts will be available soon oh yes and then how about you jordan david i would like to thank you so much for editing not this episode what i still am it's just dylan's doing like the first like pass Oh, well, then thank you, David, for editing this episode. We're not making that much of a picture that we don't have to edit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter. Unless, at however, listener, if you would like to contribute, then maybe soon we will. Yeah. I'm still excited for that $2,000. We'll make an anime opening goal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going we're gonna to get there. We'll get yeah. it. 
And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And Spotify now has podcast reviews. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd appreciate it if you took 30 seconds to give us five stars. If you already have, you're the best, and I love you very much, and you're definitely invited to my dog's birthday party. And be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We have a book club and do regular movie nights. We actually, our most recent one, it's already passed. We read Weeaboo and actually had the creator of the series in on book club. That was super rad, but it's not too late to join us when we watch The Thing. So that'll be a really <laughs> fun movie night. Oh, yeah, we, we are watching John Carpenter's The Thing. For a second, yes. I was like, yeah, we're going to watch The Thing. And I'm like, which thing? Yes, that thing. That thing. I see. I see that thing. You can find a link to it in our show notes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks ranging from exclusive mini episodes, deleted scenes, and you can even help us pick what series we're going to cover next. Find it at patreon.com slash shonenflop. I also want to give a shout out to some of our patrons. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our Chainsaw Man patrons. This episode was actually brought to you by Pterodactyl Ghost to use their awesome power as a patron for us to cover this series. Thank you so much, Pterodactyl Ghost. This was a good series to read. Thank you. Yes. And then I want to give a shout out to our King of the Forest, Albie, Gabe Lando. Is your name Winter? Because I'll be coming soon. Hey! Mark, Matt Solovich, Marty, Overrated Apple, Scarlet Mirrodin, T, our latest patron and newest King of the Forest. I guess I was redundant. The BB King, BB The, got it in one take. Oh, and that's the last one. Sorry. Your name will be stricken from the record because you are <laughs> not a King of the Forest. And only us and Dylan will ever know that I've made that mistake. Get fucked. Actually, Dylan <laughs> just censor his name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay <laughs> those people are absolutely fantastic but if you're not ready for a regular commitment consider buying some merch we have a ton of awesome designs including the much requested gomez moon and mashup punching harry potter shirts along with the cover art of this episode a portion of the proceeds go back to the original artist to boot but enough about us rob has been sitting here very patient unless he went off to tuck his kids in like we talked about probably it was a good time for that rob if you're <laughs> still with us please tell the audience all about all those amazing things that you do Yes, so yeah, I am still here. The, the kids have not invaded my recording space yet, but they're probably knocking at the door. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me everywhere at Dad Needs to Talk. So you can go to so dadneedstotalk.com. That is the central hub for everything that I do. So you can find my podcast on all streaming services, wherever podcasts can be found. You can also find my YouTube channel, same name, Dad Needs to Talk. Go there, subscribe, follow me, all that good stuff. If you want to hear about the wacky adventures I go on with my kids, what crazy manga I've come across, anime I'm watching, or video games I'm playing. So if any of that sounds good, check me out at Dad Needs to Talk. I know, I'm going to be checking that out. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been David. This has been Jordan. And this has been Rob. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping flops. Yeah. 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 Bye. Bye. <laughs>